Okay, with that would be all right. Uh, this morning we're going to uh, be ministering on walking on water. And that's exactly what the musicians and singers were doing for the former part of the service. They were walking on water. And I want to show you this morning how walking on water is symbolic of the spiritual world that God brings us into its salvation and it's that spiritual world that we need to balance with the physical world, the physical world down there at the moment. Uh, you know, we can stand, we, we can see. It's totally different. It's got a solidness that's different from water. The element of water, the medium of water, very aptly represents the spiritual world and the spiritual life that God places us in. But it has its challenges, as we're going to see from God's Word. If you would like to, uh, if you have a Bible, you could open to Matthew 14. And we're going to read from verse 21 to verse 32. Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. And when evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Last message we looked at seeing men as trees walking. In the natural world, we see clearly with our eyes and our senses, we feel the world. In the spiritual world, it's not always totally clear. It's not always crystal clear. And so often we see in part, we don't see the total and we need to learn to live that way. But this morning, we're going to look at walking 
on the waters and we all struggle with the challenges of living in the two worlds we find ourselves in, balancing life in the natural world and the spiritual world is foundational to our Christian experience. And all the help that we need to live in the spiritual world is found in Scripture, is found in the Bible, but often we have to dig to find out the truths that will help us in this area. And I want to say this morning that water is a common symbolic representation of spiritual life. And there's so much scripture to support that. To the woman at the well, Jesus said in John 4, 14, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Then Jesus said in John 7, 38, He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart or out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Isaiah 12, 3 refers to the drawing of water from the wells of salvation. Isaiah says, therefore, with joy, we will draw water from the wells of salvation. Jeremiah 2.13 warns, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And when we come to the final chapter of the Bible in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1, we read of a pure river of water clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And we're told concerning this flow of water from God that on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding the fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations." And there's so much in Scripture that symbolizes, that represents spiritual life, the life of God, the flow of God, symbolized in water, river, and the sea. And when we come to Ezekiel's great revelation of the river of God that stems and flows from the temple, we find the vastness of this river. This river of God that represents life and Ezekiel 47 tells us uh, that the river had immense width. Uh, In verse 3, the water came up to my ankles. Verse 4, the water came up to my knees. Uh, Later on in verse 4, the water came up to my waist Uh, And in verse 5, we find that this flow that comes from the sanctuary, that comes from God, was so deep that there were waters to swim in, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. And we're told concerning Ezekiel's river that the waters bring 
fertility. They bring healing and they bring life. And I would like to say this morning that that is the spiritual life, the spiritual world that God brings us into. As we see our spiritual life represented and typified by water, and wherever that water was, there's fertility. Wherever that water is, there's healing and there's life. And as Peter, we need to learn how to walk on the water. We need to get out of the boat and be able to walk on the water. As wonderful a picture of the spiritual world and spiritual life, this is a wonderful picture that comes from the presence of God. Now, when we look at the story of the Gospels, and this is the only occasion that Jesus ever walked on water. It's mentioned in a number of the uh, uh, Gospels, but we find that after feeding 5,000, what a miraculous, what a miraculous encounter it was. Uh, people hungry from God served a, a spiritual bread ministered to by Jesus, and yet Jesus felt for their hunger and their situation and was able to feed the, the multitude. And after that tremendous miracle, Jesus sends the disciples off in the boat to cross the sea. And he goes into a mountain, into a quiet place, and there he seeks the presence of God. There he seeks the power of God. There must have been so much power that was expended from the life and the ministry of Jesus in ministering to so many and then performing that tremendous miracle that he came into the presence of his father and he began to, dis began to draw on the strength of God and spent time alone with the father, uh, receiving from the father the power and the strength that he needed. And during this time, the disciples there, they're crossing the sea and, uh, you know, rowing and they find that a storm has come, a contrary wind, uh, and they're beginning to be tossed about. Jesus is there, we're seeking God and there in the middle of the sea, not knowing what to do. And out of the encounter with God, out of the power that Jesus received for being with the Father, we find that he begins to walk on the water. And you know, it's out of the encounter we have with God. It's out of our salvation experience. It's out of the wonderful work that God does within our lives that we're brought to a place where we can walk on water. We can walk in the spiritual world that God has placed us. And of course... Um, and it was the fourth watch, which is 3 to 6 o'clock in the morning. The entire afternoon, the entire night, they struggled in the storm and the waves. And Jesus wasn't there. And in the fourth watch, Jesus walks. Out of being alone with God, he's able to walk on the water. To the troubled and fearful disciples, Jesus said... Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Well, it's easy enough to say that for them to somehow understand the impact and the power of those words. They were frightened. And Peter then 
asks Jesus if he could come to him, if he could walk, and Jesus commands him to come. He commands him to come. He says, uh, uh, tell, tells Peter to come, and Peter walked on the water to Jesus. What a tremendous demonstration of power, of faith, of, of God's ability to put into Peter that, uh, the, 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 the ability to be able to walk on the water. And, and, and Peter walks on the water, and while his eyes are focused on Jesus, he's able to walk on the water. But unfortunately, the waves are rough and, and, the, and the storm's boisterous. And he takes his eyes off Jesus for a moment. And he begins to see the situation he finds himself in. And then he begins to sink. He begins to sink. And as he goes down into the water, he says, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, caught him and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, this story, apart from the tremendous miracle it is, has tremendous teaching for us when it comes to walk on water, when it comes to walk in the spiritual world. This is a miracle uh, that demonstrates uh, uh, walking in the different element, the different domain of the spiritual and how we're to manage it. There's so much difference between walking in the natural world and walking in the spiritual world and how beautifully it's typified between land and water, between land and water. And I want to show you from this wonderful story what we need to do to be able to walk in the spiritual world, to be able to live in the spiritual world. First of all, <coughs> from this story we see that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Peter, while he was focused on the Lord, while he was focused on his power, on his ability, was able to walk on water. And that's what we always need to do. And so often it's easier said than done because the storms of life, the situations we find ourselves, everyday life, the tossing and the experiences that we often face in life, that's what captures our attention. That's what we look at it's almost automatically to consider the situation we find ourselves in. But we need to be able to discipline ourselves. We need to be able to come to that place where even though it's easier and more natural to have our attention focused on the storm uh, that we're passing through, but with spiritual determination to look away from the storm and to look at Jesus only. That's not that easy to do. And so often I've found in the situations that I've been in, you've got to just block out your feelings. You've just got to block out what, what's happening and you just begin to focus on the wonder and the glory and the power of Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 12.2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author 
and the finisher of our faith. There's no way of living in the spiritual world unless we have our eyes and our lives focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a daily exercise as we come into prayer and as we read God's word constantly, we focus on him and we're able to live in the world that he has placed us in. Secondly, we find that Peter was rescued from sinking by the hand of Jesus. When Peter, in his fear, cried out, Lord, save me, uh, we find immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And we see the wonderful control of the hand of God. And this, in many ways, as Jesus takes hold of our hand, represents his presence. Not only do we focus our eyes, but we, we come into his presence. We take his presence with us. We find that in our struggles, we call to him and he takes us by the hand. Psalm 31.15 says, My times are in your hand. John 10.29 says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. Isaiah 41, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, I will help you. And so as we walk our Christian life, as we endeavor to walk on the water, we hold on to the hand of the Master. We cling to the Lord. Our life is totally dependent upon Him. And thirdly, oops, no, and thirdly, yes, uh, we walk by faith and not by sight. Jesus rebuked Peter when he began to sink. He said, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? Why did you doubt? And so within our Christian experience, as we walk on water, we find that it is a walk of faith. To the disciples caught in the storm while Jesus was asleep, he said exactly the same words, Why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? And Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And you know, it's, it's the walk by faith has nothing to do with how we feel. We do not always feel, I don't, I'm sure you don't, that Jesus loves us, that God is good, that God is in control. We don't always feel what we want to feel. We don't always feel the security of his arms around us. But it doesn't matter. It's a matter of faith. But we know, but we know God is with us. No matter how we feel, we are conscious and we are aware of the hand of God. And it's so often that, you know, when we come out of those experiences that we see all along how God was manipulating, how God was directing, how God was empowering and so to walk on water, we need to walk by faith. Paul said to Timothy, 
For I know who I, I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep. Paul knew. We know we walk by faith and not by sight. The third thing we do as we endeavor to walk on water, and you can see how boisterous these waves are, a little higher than I expected. And, uh, you know, so often we, we feel kind of unstable. We feel things aren't working. We feel that we might sink. And God has given us an anchor. And it's called the anchor of the soul. The only problem with this anchor is it's facing the wrong way. The anchor needs to face toward heaven. It's not an anchor that goes within the sea and embeds on the bottom or the rock bottom of the sea. Rather, it is an anchor of the soul that reaches into heaven. You know, anchors have amazing power when they're used correctly to secure, fasten, attach the boat to safety, to steady the boat. And when you look at some of the massive liners, and even though, you know, if you stand next to one of their anchors, it's large, but compared to the boat, it's not. And yet those anchors are able to embed into the sea bottom and keep that massive ship moored, keep it steadfast, keep it from moving. And Hebrews 6.19 tells us, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. The anchor that we have, it's an anchor of the soul. And the wonder of this anchor is that it doesn't go down, it goes up. And the Bible tells us it goes beyond the veil. What a tremendous uh, uh, a picture that we have here. And beyond the veil of heaven, we have the throne of God. And from the throne of God, we have God's power, God's what God does to govern his world, God's care for his people. And the anchor goes beyond the veil and fastens onto the throne of God. And those times that we feel that we're sinking, that life's unsteady, direction is lost, we take hold of the anchor of our soul. And the anchor of our soul is hope is hope, hope, and hope comes. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is not a casual, well, you know, I hope it's going to be a nice day tomorrow. But hope in Scripture is, uh, is that ability to be able to believe and to be able to see that what God promised, He will bring to pass. That's the anchor of the soul. That's what we have as we walk on water. We take hold of the anchor that goes beyond the veil, fastens onto the throne of God, where the promises of God are issued. They yea and amen and all. All that God has said concerning your life will come to pass, and our hopes in that. Our hopes in that. You know, the Bible tells us that Abraham uh, uh, 
where, where there was no hope, he had hope. Uh, in terms of a, a, a child, in terms of, uh, of a child from Sarah, there, there was no hope, and yet he had hope. And the anchor of the soul gives us tremendous hope. Uh, uh, Hebrews 11.1, one, I've mentioned also, and their faith is the substance of things hoped. It's the evidence of things not seen. And so hope has that aspect of faith and that aspect of evidence. Things aren't working out. Things could not be worse. Well, that's what it might be in the natural world. But in the spiritual world, as we walk on water, and at times the storms from the devil come, we take hold of the anchor, the anchor of hope, and we know, we know it will come good. We know it will work out. Fifthly, to walk on water, we don't give up even when we sink. And there are times when it seems that we sink. We've failed. Somehow we haven't been able to hang on to God. Somehow we've let his hand go. Somehow our eyes have looked at our situation. Somehow faith is not there. Somehow we haven't taken hold of the anchor and, and now we're sinking. And now we're sinking. That wonderful song that we were singing where God goes out of his way. You know, God still has means. He still has means to bring us that we can walk on water. And probably the, one, the most wonderful story we have about that is Jonah. Jonah. Where Jonah was, <clears throat> he must have been an exceptional preacher. He must have been an amazing evangelist. For all, from all the prophets, God chose Jonah to go to Nineveh. And uh, Jonah, where previously in his prophetic ministry, his ministry to his people, he was successful and he was walking on water. Disobedience, not understanding the will of God, not wanting to do what God wanted him to do, he finds himself sinking. Instead of walking on water, he begins to sink. And he goes onto a boat and away from God's will, away from God's plan. We know the story where a storm arises and uh, they realize that there's someone on board that's causing the storm. He, he admits that it's him and they throw him into the water and he sinks. He sinks. He goes right down into the water in uh, uh, Jonah <coughs> chapter 1. And uh, in Jonah's case, when he was cast into the stormy sea, uh, because of his in <coughs> disobedience, he hit rock bottom on the ocean floor. But we're told in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 17, now the Lord God had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. You know, God in his wisdom has amazing ways to bring us back when we sink and bring us back to the surface. Those ways may not always be pleasant. In Jonah's case, I think the experience was 
totally unpleasant. To drown, and it appears that Jonah did drown, and it seems that life had ended. His spirit went to Sheol, it went to the place of departed spirits. A great fish swallowed him. The acids of that fish would have done, would have done havoc on his body and whatever experience, we're not sure. But finally, when it was time after three days because of its typical significance to uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus, the fish uh, 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 <clears throat> lets him out, vomits him out. And I don't think Jonah would have felt good, would have been comfortable, would have... It would have been... What a messy situation. You know, his clothes probably eaten away by the acids, his skin probably bleached by the acids of the great fish. But yet we find that God takes him out in chapter 1 of sinking. And in chapter 2 we find that Jonah begins to walk on water again. I'm so glad that God doesn't give up on us. I'm so glad that even when we sink, spiritually when it seems that we have failed, when it seems that somehow all that we know hasn't worked and we've let go, that God doesn't just stand back and let us be destroyed, but God actively pursues us. God actively works to bring us back from where we find ourselves and bring us back to that place where we can walk on water. Uh, chapter 2, we have uh, Jonah's wonderful prayer. He says, I cried to the Lord and he answered me. You know, God has his ways to bring us to a place where we cry to God. And he answers us. Verse 4, then I said, I've been cast out of your sight, yet I will look again towards your holy temple. God, I've missed out, but you've given me another opportunity to look to your temple, to look to your power, to look to your provision. Verse 6, yet you have brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. Verse 7, I remembered the Lord and my prayer won't, I'm sorry, my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. And he finishes, salvation is of the Lord. You know, God can bring us to that place. And I'm sure at times we've all come to that place where we've recognized in spite of our failure, in spite of singing, uh, sinking, we come to that place where we sense God's hand bringing us back up. And you know, in uh, chapter 2 of Jonah, uh, we, we, uh, rather chapter uh, 3 of Jonah, chapter 1, he's sinking. Chapter 2, he's in the water and cries out to God. In chapter 3, we find Jonah once again walking on water. What's Jonah doing? He goes into Nineveh and he preaches the gospel. The message he brings may not have been exciting, but it had to be powerful, had to be tremendously anointed of God. Yet in 40 days, if they didn't repent, God would bring judgment. The entire city turned to God, repented the entire city. Jonah once again 
is in the spiritual world that God has placed him in. Jonah, once again, is walking on water. He's preaching. He's doing what God wants him to do. And he's seeing tremendous success. That's what walking on water is. But unfortunately, when we come to Jonah chapter 4, we find that Jonah gets out of the sea, gets out of walking on water. And he gets into a boat and he gets into a situation of comfort where he goes onto a hill and uh, there's a large plant, a gird that brings, brings shelter and brings shade from the heat. And there he, he reasons and, and, and it's the flesh, it's it's his natural self saying, look, I'm going to see what God's going to do, but I really don't want him to save Nineveh. I really don't want him to save Nineveh. And we find Jonah in a boat, in a situation where he's not depending on God. He's placed himself in a place where he feels he's safe. He's doing his own things. We find Jonah in a boat. Now, when Jesus said, Peter, come, he got him out of the boat. And I want to tell you this morning that God wants us to walk on water. He doesn't want us to row in the boat. He doesn't want us to find uh, our security outside of him. He doesn't want us to be in a situation where we're dependent upon our strength of rowing, our strength, our, uh, our planning, uh, dependent upon our abilities to please God and serve God. We need to get out of the boat. Boats are man-made. Natural ways of moving safely through water. We can steer and control boats, make them comfortable and feel secure in them. But God wants us to step out of them and walk on water. And this is the key of Christian living. This is the key of living in the spiritual world. Not living with the help of our mind and of our flesh, but going out of the boat, trusting God, looking to Jesus, exercising faith, taking the hold, the hand of Christ, taking the anchor of our soul, that's living in the spiritual world. How many of you know that's very different from living in the natural world? Very different. You know, it's, uh, it's a bit scary. Because, you know, uh, you, you get your feet wet, you walk on water, the waves are there, but you cannot do it in the boat. And, you know, I found a most amazing scripture in Isaiah 33. I've never seen it before, and it kind of brings home what I want to say concerning not relying, not depending on the boat. Isaiah 33, 21 says, But there the majestic Lord will be for us 
a place of broad rivers and streams in which no galley with oars will sail nor majestics majestic ships pass by you know that, that's a, a wonderful revelation that god will be for us that river that flow that stream but in that stream there'll be no galley with oars there'll be no majestic ships that can flow and enjoy what's there it's a matter of walking on water it's a matter of walking on water that's what god wants us to do now i wonder if someone can help us this morning i wonder if there's someone that um feels that they're sinking and i just want to demonstrate how we can bring this truth and how we can walk is there someone like that can help us who's going to be game right he's going to be okay come on you come up come up uh, come up from there at the moment right you're you're coming up from land okay you're coming up and you're coming up now on water on water right this is this is water and uh, this is where god wants this lady to be and to walk on water with power and enjoy the blessing of god that's far enough <laughs> okay and this is what god wants this is what god wants but but somehow right it's getting a bit stormy these waves are getting a bit big okay we 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 kind of it's getting a bit boisterous and there's this concerns and uh, the first thing that god wants you to do is to look to jesus you look to jesus okay whatever your situation is doesn't matter how horrible doesn't matter how bad it is it doesn't matter you know if if you know it's life just it doesn't matter you look to jesus that's the first thing that you do you do that's wonderful and then you'll find that when you feel look it's not working i'm sinking there's faith you believe you're not living by you're living by faith you're not living by sight you're not looking at the situations around you you're not looking at failure you're not looking at sickness you're looking by faith okay and then god takes hold of your hand okay jesus takes hold of your hand and he's never going to let that hand go he's never going to let it go it doesn't matter it does as long as you you let him take it you're the only one that can kind of release yourself from it but but he will never let it go and then you're finding now there's an ability lord you still seem to be walking but god says there's more for you yet now not only will that happen not only will he hold his hand but god wants you to take hold of this anchor come and just take hold of it. see if you can reach there right okay talk like and and that anchor now coming from you the ropes coming from you it's going into god's presence into the throne room of god okay it's there and it's giving you hope the hope that god's given you is he's going to work through your situation he's going to bring deliverance he's going to bring power you're going to see the wonderful hand of god you need to begin to see it you need to begin to see it it's the hope that god has placed absolutely and don't you worry if you sink God has something for you. I hope it's not a great big fish. It's just the um, oh, not <laughs> No, it's just the blockages, that's all. Yes. The yep. Blockages. And they they're cutting off. Wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. And that's what we do. And go back you're walking on water now. Praise God, we're walking on water. Amen. Walking on water. Church, I want us to get out of the boat. You know, so often we're in the boat, aren't we? Okay, we're secure. 
It's the way we think should, things should go. Let's stand, let's get out of the boat, and I'm going to enjoy walking on water. Come on, musicians, singers. Bless the congregation as we bring our service to a close. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, in its simplicity, I pray that, God, we may take hold of its truths, its simple truths. And though, Lord, the spiritual world that you've placed this in is so different to the natural world, and so often there are conflicts, the spiritual world feels like water, walking on water. It's not easy, Lord, but we thank you for the safeguards. We thank you, Lord, for the provisions you've made. And, oh, God, I thank you for the wonder of the river of God. I thank you, Lord, for the wonder of water representing your spirit and representing all that belongs to you. There's just so much you have for us. But help us and teach us, Lord, to walk on water. Help us, Lord, to find that balance as we live in two worlds, to walk on earth naturally. But when it comes, Lord, to our life in you, to walk on water. Thank you, Lord, for your waters. Thank you, Lord, that from our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Thank you for the refreshing that comes as we walk on the water. God bless you.